everyone has the same five core areas of their life that ultimately determine how happy they'll be. Unfortunately, most of us have developed failure habits in each, and it's Will Moore's mission to help replace those with success habits to maximize momentum. After exiting his business for a combined nine-figure sum, Will learned it's not just about becoming an entrepreneur of your career, but an entrepreneur of the most important business you'll ever run, your life. There he is. Hey, how's it going? How are you? Thanks for joining, Dave. You're like the guy behind the guy behind the guy. Uh, I guess you could say that. I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's from one of my favorite movies, Swingers. Have you ever seen Swingers with Vince Vaughn and uh, John Favreau? It's like the first movie that they ever did together. Are you familiar with it? I think I saw it, but man, it's been a while. So it, a while. Didn't, it didn't stick. We'll put it that it way. didn't stick. The guy behind the guy behind the guy. That means... You're up there. You're tops. So thank you. Described it by Men's Health Lifestyle Guru. Um, <laughs> you've got this this bulletproof three three sixty brand. Why don't you just walk us through? Tell us kind of the journey on how you got started, how you got the idea to to do this, where you're helping people build their their physical and their mental momentum, and um, and where you, what your plans are for the future. So it shows sure, you. I got started with a blog and I used to weigh 300 pounds and I had a lot, I weigh about 200 now and I had a lot of stuff going on. I was a very successful entrepreneur in Silicon Valley, um, but I was just feeling like I had the accelerator all the way to the floor and I was pushing harder, but there was nowhere else to go and I'm slowing down and a lot of entrepreneurs get there. So I started studying, I started learning and doctor said, maybe you should lose weight. I'm like, I work out an hour and a half a day, six days a week, and I eat nothing but lettuce here. Like I'm on a low-fat, low-calorie diet. It's not working. You know, what What can I do about this? And the doctor couldn't help me, and I said, I'm going to have to learn. So I started learning from people three times my age who are making themselves younger, and I started accumulating all this knowledge, and I fixed myself. And then I upgraded myself afterwards, and I went to Tibet and studied meditation with the masters and did ayahuasca in South America before they let tourists do it. And went on this journey and just realized no one had ever talked to entrepreneurs about the stuff we actually cared about. I was like, Hey, do you want to go you know, buy some stuff or whatever? You know, do you want to learn how to sell? And it's like, no, it, it's, we actually want energy. That's what we want. Uh, we want uh, the ability to always create and always do stuff. So I wrote a blog figure five people are going to read it. If they can avoid all the crap that I went through, it's an act of service. And uh, it turns out more than five people are interested. So then I said, I'm, I hate buying a bag of $20 coffee and then drinking it, getting a headache and feeling like crap. So I'm going to see if maybe a hundred people want to share the cost of lab testing and creating a really clean coffee uh, to use as a performance enhancer. The market size for functional coffee, zero. The market didn't exist. turns out a lot of people cared. And I said, hey, do you know about this bulletproof thing that I invented with MCT oil and grass-fed butter? And... You know, people were saying this works like no, like you would not believe. So I ended up launching a company. I took it to venture capitalist friends and I said, guys, I worked with you and this is not a venture fundable company at all because I'm doing like coffee and we have a coffee shop and but I also have like supplements and collagen. And it, it's not like if, if you're an entrepreneur, like I'm going to make a bar, right? And we do collagen bars too, um, the best ones out there, I'd say. But then you make a bar, you sell it to a bar company, and that's how you make money in investments. So I'm like, you should give me 50 grand because I need to buy more coffee beans. And they came back and said, here's $8 million. 
And I'm like, wow, do I really want to go big? You know, there, there's a trade off you made there. And I said, all right, mm-hmm. I, I think this can help millions of people. So I'm going to do it. And that was how we got started. And that was, what did I read, 2006? Is that right? Oh, no. Um, I started blogging in 2010 at the end of 2010. And then I took the, okay. took the venture funding in uh, 2014, I think, from Trinity Ventures. It was the first round. Got it. So, so this thing, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, so this thing is, has been fairly recent um, yeah. and it's obviously taken off and exploded. Um, so just kind of going back I, a couple things that you touched on that I want to hit and I don't want to just, cause this is the juicy parts to me. So you, you, you said that, you know, you had your own struggle and this is, this is the key to anybody that like ever I've, I've read so many books. I've talked to so many people that are quote unquote successful. And by that, I don't mean just monetarily, but have the full package, live in the five core life, you know, relationships, yeah. health, all these things. And they all, there's a theme there and it's that they all had this struggle. And instead of just throwing their arms up like the victim and saying, Oh man, I guess there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just going to kind of hover above my best life and rock bottom for the rest of my life. Yeah, they, they go do, do something about it. Very, very easy. That's the low hanging fruit, right? There's a sense of desperation that was driving me. And to be honest, like, I don't know what to do, but I wouldn't hire myself because I can't remember what's going on in meetings. Like my brain is fried and no one can tell me what's going on. And so this, I'm going to solve a problem and I'm going to, I'm going to do it in a way that, that has to work because nothing else has worked that's where real entrepreneurship comes from. I'm going to bring something new into the world. And then you get the entrepreneurs who are saying, oh, I saw someone else do something. I'll just do a crappier job of that and ride on coattails. And those people are vultures and parasites. And you can do either one. You'll make money either way. Either you bring something new or you cheapen the world. And this is why when you go to Amazon today, it's like going to a flea market 20 years ago or a swap meet. Everything is cheap, plastic, floppy crap. And it doesn't have to be like that. And it's up to entrepreneurs to make stuff that people want to buy. And then it's up to vultures to try and knock it off and make cheap crap. And so I would just say, if you're looking to start a business, do something better. And if you do that, you're adding to the world. Otherwise, you're not. Oh, man. So you just nailed the, um, the fifth core, the, the, the giving back portion. Um, yeah. You know, it, anybody that's, that's, that's made it financially, and then like there's nobody i've ever talked to or even read that that doesn't get that like that whole like what is the legacy you're leaving at the end of the day when you die is the world gonna go thank god that dude's dead because he sucks (laughs) or is it gonna go that guy made me better and i thank you my man for being for being part right like what's the legacy you're gonna leave and it's so easy to not see that or to be caught up in like what's in, what's directly in front of you and not get that big picture. But it's not until ironically you see that big picture that it helps you to know what those next steps are that you should be doing every single day. Right. And it sounds like you, you were able to, to step back fortunately and see that and desperation a word you used. That's where I was too. I have a similar story. Mine was in college. I was, I was suicidal. Desperate was definitely the word of the, the theme of the year. <laughs> and, um, and I got to a point where I was just like, okay, well, what's the point? Like, and I was your typical, like I was saying, victim, you know, life's out yeah. to get me. My brain's broken. There's nothing I can do about it. What's about, and then I was serendipitously introduced to this self-help book and I didn't even know what self-help was or anything like that. And, and it, this professor of mine introduced me and I was like, 
my brain just exploded. I was like, wait a minute, there's a different way to look at things and I'm not broken. I just need to fix myself. And I like became obsessed with, okay, I'm going to fix myself and created this whole system and this world around it. And that's how I too became, you know, quote unquote successful. But now I look at it and, you know, the business side of it is just one little part, but it's the, you know, how am I living my life? Do I have good relationships you know, do I, am I in good physical health? Is my mind sharp? Am I constantly growing? Am I doing the things that I love to do? Am I giving back? You know, all these, these things that I call that wrap into these five cores. And I say, you know, am I doing that? And it sounds like you've kind of figured some of that stuff out as well. I, I have, maybe it took me longer. Um, a lot of times we, we tell ourselves a story like, oh, when I have X number of followers and when I'm famous, I'll be happy. So when I was 22, maybe 23, I was an entrepreneur magazine. I, I sold the first thing ever sold over the internet. Um, before e-commerce was called e-commerce, we didn't have a name for it. And I was just trying to pay for my college tuition, but I, my, the first product that was ever sold online was a caffeine t-shirt. It said caffeine, my drug of choice. It's a picture of the caffeine molecule. There's still knockoffs of it on Etsy, right? But I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I'm an entrepreneur. There, my photo's here. I'm wearing a double extra large shirt, you know? And uh, I wasn't any happier after that. And so there was a whole wave of publicity. I didn't know what to do with it because, you know, I was still pretty young. And then a few years later, I was a co-founder of a part of the company that held Google's first servers. And we took that company to a market cap of $36 billion before the dot-com crash. Uh, I made $6 million. So I'm 26. I have $6 million. And I look at a buddy. We're all driving brand new BMWs. And I said, and I believed at the time, you know, I'll be happy when I have $10 million. Boom. Okay. Yep. So like fame and money, they don't mean shit because you won't be happy. Right. But what, right. what makes you happy is energy. And that's why I wrote my new book on fasting. That's why I've written all my books. They're simply, how do you add more energy into the system? Because you're every day, all of your willpower, all of the good stuff you do, it's, 30 pounds of air and some amount or no amount of food combined make electrons. And that electron is the same as the ones in your iPhone, but it powers your willpower. It powers everything you do, every thought you have. And so you're like, okay, how do I make more? And how do I waste less? And if you do that, you have abundant energy. If you have abundant energy, then you can do whatever you want to do. And then that goes into your health. It goes into your relationships. It goes into forming companies. It goes into your family, your community. And that equation how much energy do I spend and how much energy do I get back? That's the fundamental thing behind biohacking. And like right now, people call me the father of biohacking. So I started this movement around, hey, it's okay to say, I want to take control of my biology. I'm the boss. I'm going to make my body do what I want, including abundant energy, including getting younger or having more muscles or whatever it is. And when you have enough of that, the personal development is easy. And when you don't have enough of that, personal development's hard. And I wrote my fasting book that just hit uh, on the New York Times. It was the top, it was the number five best-selling book on all of Amazon. So it outsold Harry Potter for at least an hour. And what's, uh, what's a, that's all about is, hey, you have, you have something you can do every morning that costs less in energy and dollars and time than you do now that gives you more energy back right away and gives you more energy over time. So it was the highest ROI thing that I could think of to share with people. It's also one that's, it just doesn't sound fun. Like who wants to talk about fasting? It's the most repellent let's talk about death and fasting maybe that could be happier but when you do this right like wait hold on you mean i got to save time money and energy and i got my energy back i'm in 
But doing that, it, I've been doing it with people for 10 years. My first big book involved intermittent fasting. So people have lost a million pounds with my programs. Now I know how to make people do it who don't want to do it. So in a way that they can sustain it for years and years. And that was what I wanted to do. There, Lonnie says her ebook is on the way. Awesome. Thanks, Lonnie. Um, love that. So, oh God, there's a lot to unpack there. And I want to get into some of like the energy stuff. Um, I love that. Before I forget, um, well, so the name of the book for people that are watching. It is Fast This Way. And right now there's more than 30,000 people doing a fasting training with me as a gift. Like I'm teaching the book for the first time I've ever taught Fast This Way. There, I'm holding it up in reverse. It's, 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 right. It's, <laughs> you think they, they would have fixed They fixed it on Zoom. On Zoom, yeah. they hold something up and I don't know. Come on, Instagram. Instagram needs to get their, you know what, together. Right, Facebook, you just had your earnings. You guys made like a zillion dollars again. Come on, put a little bit into that, flip the thing. Anyways, so let's talk about the energy. By the way, I had Dave, um, excuse me, John Gordon on the show yesterday. He wrote a book called The Energy Bus. Are you familiar with it? No, but it sounds like a good book. So I was like this little teen, I was just like this this like teeny bopper, um, just fan because I just was, I read this book. I told you I read that one. By the way, that the book that I read that changed my life back in college was called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, my God. I read but that when I was like 14. That's awesome. Doesn't surprise me that you ended up where you – I mean, that is one of those game changer books, right? It's like, oh, it's not all about me. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's one of those universal principles. Like I said, I was starting to identify. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Like the, the universe has it's – been, it's been around since or, – or, you know, there's been these principles ever since man's – started becoming walking, talking, doing these things. We're going to be, they're going to be around until we destroy ourselves to ignore them and to try to cheat the system. You're effed. You, you, yeah. Maybe you can do it for a short time, but eventually it's going to catch up to you. Right. And, and, you, and so that's like what I've built my life around. It's like, what are these? And it's like, it's harder than ever. I feel like to find what they are because there's so much crap coming at us in a million directions. Oh yeah. Right? And, but one of them, 100% is, make the other person feel special, be genuinely interested in them. And you will never have a problem with friends, um, finding business, you know, allies, people that want to support you and help. And it's going to pay off a a zillion fold. And, but yet it's in our nature to be selfish and to put all want to put all the focus on ourselves. Right. So this is one of those ones where if you're able to identify that step back and I call it fake it till you make it like, you know, if, if at first you're actually not interested in what the other person is interesting, but j- just force yourself to listen and to notice details and then remember and then bring them back up and watch how and what you do is you start to get addicted to how they're responding because you're giving them that 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 interest and attention which at the end of the day as i said by nature we're selfish people and we all want to feel that special feeling so if you're able to give that to people man is that a game changer it- it's such a big thing and how to win friends and influence people is is one of those seminal books and it's funny, um, Andrew Carnegie, you know, Dale Carnegie wrote that, but another Carnegie is involved in the other book that really set me on my path, which is How to Win Friends, or no, which was uh, Think and Grow Rich. So Andrew Carnegie, the, the billionaire from the 20s, paid a guy to go out and interview all these millionaires and find out the one thing that they had in common, their best practices. And um, this is a, one of those books where it was one of the first, probably the first personal development book for business people. And it's still something that, that is, is cited widely amongst entrepreneurs I know as something that's made a difference. And if you look at that, you know, how do you manage your relationships? And then some of the, the how to win friends and influence people is like, how do you do that with people? And thinking grow rich is what are the weird 
like energetic aspects, how do you get your mindset where you need it to be? And I found those two books are old, but they are old wisdom that has stood the test of time and everyone should read those. So Napoleon Hill is who I think you meant, yeah, yeah. not Andrew Carnegie. Uh, no, he paid was, Napoleon uh, Hill. Andrew Carnegie oh, he paid, paid Hill to write the book. Yeah. He's the one who funded the study. Yeah. Thank you. Um, There's a piece of wisdom that I did not know. So I, I, it's, that's hilarious that you just brought that book up too, because no joke, you can look at any previous tape of me talking. Whenever people ask me to recommend three books, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People is number one. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill slash Andrew Carnegie is number two. Uh, because it, that, right, it just, it's not just about, it, the title's almost misleading, but it's good that it was that title because it got a lot of people to read it, right? But then really what it's about, it's about your mindset and that growth mindset. And if you have that mindset in any aspect of your life, including your career and your finances, boy, and it ties to that, that victim we were talking about versus the yeah. owner. Like you go, get away from that. I call it a fixed victim versus a growth owner. The more you start becoming that growth owner, the more things just start to, to, to multiply and energy and, and momentum, right? My thing is momentum. Your thing's energy. The two are the same thing, right? It's, yeah. You, you can't have momentum without power to make the momentum happen. And so many people are running around. In fact, studies from one of my earlier books, 48% of people under age 40 um, already have early onset mitochondrial dysfunction. It means they have less energy made by their body. And the side effect of that is you get fat, you get slow, you get brain fog you get cravings and all those things. So I'm like, all right, how do we make it so that, that no one has mitochondrial dysfunction so that we're all able to make enough energy to show up fully in the world? And that was why I'm like, all right, I'm doing this book on fasting uh, because it, it's really easy to, you know, to, to write a book and say, oh, step one, don't eat for a while. Step two, it's good for you. Here's some science. And like, that's not interesting because we all know a bunch of stuff that would be good for us in our business and our life, but we don't do it. And it's the, yeah. why do we not do it? Well, that was why I wrote a book about it. Right. Thank you. Right. You got to connect to people's, you Simon Sinek, are you familiar with him? Oh, absolutely. He's been um, on my show. Connect. There you go. Uh, brilliant guy. That, that There's that one YouTube video you're probably, I'm sure, familiar with connecting to your why. Um, to me, that that was just, he nailed it in that, in that I think it was a TED talk where it's like, look, unless you connect with, with, unless your why is connected, if you're looking at it from your own perspective, unless you, your why is connected to, like if somebody says, hey man, you should eat well, you should go to the gym, you should, you know, you should read more. It's like, okay, cool, yeah. yeah. But if it's like something activates in your brain where you're like, oh, this is why I should do this because it's gonna lead to this and me feeling like this, and then I'm gonna get more energy and I'm gonna feel better about myself and I'm gonna gain more confidence and I'm gonna look at the world better and I'm gonna be That's the key. And that, that energy, that, that book I told you about, John Gordon, The Energy Bus, it, it ties into that, that exact same concept. And right, I had, that was one of those books right along the way I had read at the perfect timing in my life. Where I'm like, oh, I need, I, need, I need a boost. And he talks more about relationships wise, whereas it sounds like you're, you're talking about just the, the greater scheme of, of energy in general. Well, in order to have a relationship, you have to have energy. And you look at this, a lot of people measure return on investment based on how much money did I put in something. But no, everything you do in your life is how much energy did you invest and how much energy did you get back? Because if you have time and you have no energy, you're just going to sleep. And if you have money and you have no energy, you'll spend all of your money to get energy back. So ultimately, energy lets you buy time and it lets you make money. But if you shortchange your energy in order to make money or for time, 
then you end up having no value at all. So you have to look at all three of those variables, but energy matters most. So you can create momentum and so you can create friendships because if you're too tired to hang out with your friends, what's the point of having friends, right? You know, this is really cool. I, I love the way you, that your brain works and how you, you, you've, you've put this all together. Um, because that's, that's exactly, I talk about people getting in their sex, excuse me, Freudian slip, wow. their success, <laughs> their success loop, which is, um, so this is what, this is what I refer to as a success, success loop. So I'm always, it's all about action, action, action. I'm always telling people like, even if you don't feel like it, just do it, take the action. Um, because what's going to happen is there's a little spiral effect where you'll take an action and if you keep taking, eventually you're going to have at least a little bit of success. You're going to see something happening. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to feel like your mindset's going to improve. You're going to be like, okay, wait, something happened there. I like this. This feels good. And you're going to get energy. And then that energy is going to give you the willpower. I don't like the word willpower because we, willpower doesn't exist in my mind. We run, we run out of it. But it's going to give you the energy to want to take more action. And then you take more action, keep taking that action. Then you have a little bit more success. And then your mindset improves. And you want, and you want to take um, – and you gain a little bit more energy and then so you're popping into the success loop and you're going like this yeah. versus what most people, I call it the failure loop. Ironically, the exact opposite, right? You're stuck where you're, you're not taking the actions, you're losing your energy. You're not, and your life around you is becoming this dark poop cloud. I'm just glad you didn't call it the sex loop because that would have been really embarrassing. <laughs> Maybe I should change it to that. I'd probably get more clicks. <laughs> um, Right. But so it, it's that, but it's that, it's that energy that is the, is the source. That's the key. And it's like, okay, how do you get it? So, so tell us how, how do we get energy, Dave? All right. This equation goes in two ways. So step one is teach your body to be good at combining air and food. And if you do that, you literally have more energy, but that doesn't mean you'll feel more energy necessarily because most people are wasting a huge amount of energy, even if they can make it. So where I ended up is something that is in my new book. And it's taken a lot of, of research to get here. But there is an algorithm for all life or an operating system thing. And I want to walk you through it because it's going to answer your question. Okay. Now, if imagine you're God playing a little sim game and you're going to make a microbe, anything that's alive. And it's very dumb because it doesn't have a brain. It's a little single-celled thing. And it has to do a few things in order to make sure the species stays alive forever. The first thing it has to do is if something is scary, might be a threat, it has to run away, kill, or hide. So this is fear. And you have to build fear into all life because otherwise something will eat you right away. And then you don't have, <laughs> uh, you don't have a successful life form. You lose the game, Right. This gets 10 times more energy than it really needs in your life because you have automated systems in your body looking for scary things all the time that aren't actually life-threatening. They're just scary. And then it sucks all of your energy and all of your focus and your attention goes into fear. And when you're not doing that, the next thing you do is, well, let's see. What if there's a famine? Oh, okay, little microbe. Eat everything. That's the second rule. Okay. Now... Because this is a multi-generational game, you also have to make sure life stays around forever. What would the third F word be if we have fear and food? It goes back to your well, first Well, it goes back to my, right. And for, I, for, I, fertility is the one I was, were you thinking of some <laughs> other F word? Well done. I, like, I don't know I, where I, your I, mind keeps going. I see there. what you did there, David. I see what you did there. Well played. <laughs> okay. So we've got these three F words. So 
Yeah. Food, fear is 10x, food is 5x, and sex is 3x. These take so much of our energy. Now, I'm going to ask you this. Is there anything you've ever done you're ashamed of that didn't come from one of those three instincts? Eating, uh, sex, fear, focusing on fear. I'd probably have to say absolutely not. No, that's it. I, those, that's it. Yeah. Those are the three. So the good news is you have a quadrillion ancient bacteria embedded in the cells in your body running that operating system before you have a chance to think about it. Now, when we talk about energy, you know, how do you have more energy? Well, if they are constantly focusing on scary things that aren't actually dangerous and they're constantly thinking about food and when you're not doing that, they're thinking about whoever's near you that might be naked, you have precious little time left for the other F word that all life does and it's friend. But it only does that at a normal level of priority because these other things are all more important because you could starve to death. Something could eat you. And if you don't have sex, the end of the universe is coming from the perspective of a dumb little bacteria. And since they literally are playing a role in how we make every decision all of the time, because these little things we call mitochondria are power plants, they're environmental sensors that also make hormones and neurotransmitters. So they're looking at the world around you before you get to look at it going, is that scary? Is that scary? And they make a sort of a decision and then you feel this, this fear or anxiety. And then you make up a story in your head that says, oh, it's because, you know, my wife was mean to me or because, you know, my boss yelled at me or whatever. But we're living in a pretty big illusion there. So if you can turn down fear and you can turn off hunger, you have a ton more energy. And if you can do it in a way that causes your body to actually make more energy along the way, more energy into the system, less waste along the way, you get some crazy stuff that happens. So, for, for me, I wrote this book on fasting because, let's see, 15% of the average person's thoughts are about what's for the next meal. I found a study for that in the book. So what, if, what would happen if you stopped thinking about food because you actually weren't hungry because your cells got what they needed? You'd have 15% more capacity to be a friend, to start a company, to do personal development work. So is it that you need to be better at, at making energy or you need to be better at not wasting energy? Well, do both. Intermittent fasting makes your cells better at making energy and it teaches you to turn off the thoughts about hunger. So you got 15% more brain capacity right now and over time, your capacity to make more raw energy goes up and up. And that is really cool. That's why it's the highest ROI thing you can do. I mean, okay, so we, so listen, I've, I've fasted one time in my life. And I want to tell you about this experience because this is yeah. this, this, the fasting has always fascinated me because it's it's not some I've, everybody that I've ever talked to that's like gotten gotten into it and seemed to figure they seem to just have something figured out more than I do and I was, I was like but I love food so much and I, I I went the route of of I'm still folks I'm still but I'm, I'm seeing where you're going with this I'm still focusing on the food but I'm at least focusing on better foods for me but that's still i'm not quite there yet so i'm seeing that so my my only fasting experience i ever had outward bound are you familiar with outward bound absolutely yeah 17 years old colorado rockies for people that aren't familiar it's like this survival training course like 23 days it's kind of like like a modern uh, an old school version of nowadays you see those shows where they have like the bad kids in detention and they're basically just working them like horses and, and they're living kind of a miserable existence. But this was a little bit more like it was voluntary 
and right. you're out in the Colorado Rockies or there's a lot of different places you can do it, but it's essentially like pushing your body and your mind to the limits of what you thought you were capable of. And we got to a point where we were supposed to repack. Uh, it was a, a, a loading up period where it was like after a week and a half and he said, okay, based on, and they leave it to us. And so we had two instructors with us, but they said, okay, based on what you guys have eaten and whatnot, and the girls we were with were complaining the whole time about their packs being too heavy. So somehow the group consensus came out to be a much smaller amount of food than I think the guys were comfortable with. But we, we, you know, weird. We let the women make the decision. That never happens, right? So we get to this a week later, we get to this solo period where it's, it's this two days completely by yourself in the wilderness. And you're supposed to get a little bag of gorp, granola, oats, raisins, peanuts to sort of hold you through. And you're supposed to reflect on your life and it's supposed to be this great experience. Well, we had run out of food two days before that. <laughs> so we went into our fasting period where I, my mind was just going ballistic because I don't know if it's low blood sugar or what, but for me, when I'm hungry, I, I, there's that term hangry. I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, I turn into like this beast, like I'm a completely yep. different person. And so I was already there. And then we went into the fasting and I mean, it was the worst experience of my life. Like hands, no, I, I, I cannot compare anything as bad in terms of how hungry I was, what I was feeling. And all I did was draw pictures, right? So we were supposed to wrote a letter to ourselves, which they did end up mailing to us a year later, like where yep. we stand in our lives, where we want to be. That was a really cool exercise. My letter though consisted of, of hot dogs, hamburgers. I just drew pictures of food and we came out of that thing and, <laughs> and they, they let us load up. And one of the other kids, by the way, funny side story, he he told the story when we came out that that because we were all starving that an ant tried to, so he we all ate like our peanuts and granola and raisins that one little bag they gave us like the first ten seconds right it was gone so then it was like two days of nothing and he said a little ant came along and was trying to steal his peanut shell and he squashed it and he ate it and he's like it's the biggest best part of my my experience he's like I got I got a little bit of protein in there but anyway so. That was my fascinating experience, and it just scared the bejesus out of me, yeah. and I never wanted to go back. So can you tell me, like, somebody like me that's had a bad experience with that, that's maybe scared and doesn't really fully believe that it's possible to do, how you can actually do it? Yes. I'm going to walk you through that. I had a similar uh, mindset about fasting. When I weighed 300 pounds, I've been told, hey, if you don't eat six times a day, your body will go into starvation mode. Now, starvation equals death. And... As a 300 pound guy, I don't want to get fatter. So I was afraid to be hungry because I knew that was a sign that I was going to get fatter and that I might die. And I also knew that hypoglybitchy and hangry are absolutely real things. And I would turn into a super jerk when I didn't get any food. So I was, I was afraid of that. So I hired a shaman to drop me off in the middle of the desert in a cave for four days with no food and no people. Oh, oh I also knew that I ate when I was lonely. So I'm like, all right. I'm just going to have to face this. And if I make a total ass of myself, well, I just have, you know, the wall of the cave to yell at. Like, there's nothing to do. And all I had was water and a sleeping bag and fire and stuff like that. And I tell that story kind of throughout the arc of the, of the book in Fast This Way because it's really important to understand that fasting pushes fear buttons for a lot of people. Because what you've been told is actually true. If your metabolism is like most people's, by the time 11 a.m. rolls around, if you're just saying, I'm going to skip breakfast, you're probably going to be cold. You're probably going to have low energy and you're going to, well, act like a jerk. And this is even worse. We're in a pandemic. So you might have a couple of kids floating around who weren't <laughs> supposed to be there. And Not you're trying helpful. to focus and, you know, everything is, everything is stressful. So 
fasting is like lifting weights. It is a stressor on the body. It's a really good one. But when you learn to intermittent fast, which is shorter periods, it's more like going for a walk. It's not like a heavy lift. And there's three fasting hacks that are in fast this way that are designed to get people through a fast as they're learning to fast, as they're growing stronger cells that are doing a better job of making energy. Um, when your metabolism is healthy, you can skip breakfast. You can go 18 hours without food and it just doesn't matter. You just don't care that you don't think about donuts. You just don't even have a desire. There's no willpower at all. You're like, I actually feel more energy this way, not less. And that's a, a pretty big deal. Yeah. So here's the three fasting hacks that are in fast this way. And this is all based on science. It's also based on 10 years of people losing a million pounds on the Bulletproof diet. My first big diet book included intermittent fasting, at least the program when I first released it 10 years ago. So I have more experience than most. It was an early keto book and early intermittent fasting, early, you know, certain plant foods are bad for you, lectins, et cetera. So I kind of nailed these things you could do all at once and get a lot of power. So the first thing you can do is don't believe you have to have only water during a fast. There's a whole chapter on spiritual fasting and I teach people spiritual fasting. Don't do a spiritual fast in the middle of your work day. It's a working fast for your metabolism and for your energy. And if you want to go deep like you did in the cave and really like, okay, I'm going to experience hunger. I'm going to go into some altered states. There's great value in that. I certainly did that in the cave, but don't mix those two up. And there is no merit in suffering. So don't believe because a mouse only drank water in a study that you have to have only water during a fast. There's pretty good science about what you can do. Step one, a cup of black coffee in the morning. We know coffee suppresses hunger. Coffee is also something that can double the production of ketones. These things that happen when you fast or you go on a keto diet. Ketones My fuel neurons better. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Uh, he, he lost 100 pounds through the keto diet, and he's always in this, he calls it the state of ketosis. That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, he'll, he'll eventually find what happens when people go in ketosis and stay there <laughs> is it stops working because the body likes really? cycles. Oh, yeah. That's Ooh. why I wrote my first big diet book was like, why do you need to cycle in and out of ketosis? Because if you stay in ketosis all the time, um, it has negative biological effects. Um, so the idea is it's the type of food you eat really matters. And when people fast, just when I say fast, I'm saying you have a slightly early dinner and then you go four hours before bedtime and then sleep for eight hours. And then four hours when you wake up, that's 10 a.m. You've done, wow, that was a 16 hour fast. And if you wait till noon, you just did 18 hours without food, but you just felt like you skipped breakfast. So I'm not talking about you know, crazy multi-day fasts, which are good for you if you have the chance to rest and reflect. But so sorry, trying, real quick, early yeah. dinner, go to bed wake up and then you said if you and then if you don't eat until noon then that's an 18 hour fast yeah you think about it. If you say you finish dinner at six and don't eat anything after that so you got four yeah. hours you go to bed and you sleep eight hours that's 12 hours yeah wow. if you wake up at 6 a.m okay that means you wait till 10 a.m and you've done a 16 hour fast and if you say oh it's 10 a.m i'll just have a cup of coffee and i'll wait till lunch you did 18 hours but it only felt to you like you were just skipping breakfast it, it's very manageable but during that time, you're likely, especially when you get started, to, to be low energy. So black coffee can help. Bulletproof coffee, which I'm very famous for. I'm not trying to sell more of it. I've sold a lot of it. But I'll tell you, there's a reason that it works. It's because it has MCT oil in it, which immediately goes into ketones in the body. And ketones turn off hunger and they turn on your brain. And when you blend it the way I've been saying for 10 years, it does something else to the water chemistry of the coffee that lets you more easily use that liquid to make energy. 
this is why people drink it. And 15 minutes later, like, what just happened? I feel better than I have in a long time. I'm like, well, I didn't even know that last part of it until some recent research came out. But at this point, hundreds of millions of cups of that stuff, I can tell you it doesn't break a fast because in a fast, if your insulin stays constant and this other signaling molecule called mTOR doesn't change, you get the metabolic benefits of a fast, but you have more energy, not less energy. And the final thing you could do is prebiotic fiber, which your body can't digest, but your gut bacteria eat it. And then by virtue of that, it turns off hunger. So, so I, everyone listening, if tomorrow morning, instead of breakfast, you did a bulletproof coffee and you put a scoop of prebiotic fiber in there, there is no chance when someone puts a bagel in front of you at 10 a.m., you won't even want it. There won't be the inner dialogue, oh, the bagel says, eat me. And you say, no, none of that happens. You just are like, I'm just full. I don't care. But then you scratch your head. You're like, wait a minute. I guess like I, I feel so good. And lunchtime comes around. You go, I guess I could eat. But all the thoughts about tacos and whatever burgers you're going to have for lunch is gone. Come on, dude. All right. Let's just back this up. That just sounds. And listen, you're where you are, where you are clearly uh -huh. something that you're doing is working uh so first of all i mean i'm gonna definitely try this because i it's something i've been toying with wanting to do like i said i've been hearing my whole life the advantages of it and i just that you hit it on the head it was the fear thing i'm like i can't do this i don't want to be starving myself like i don't want to go back it, to that outward bound experience it won't happen if you uh, if you do it it you will not have to go back there and what's going on is your Automated defense systems, those ones I talked about before, those ancient dumb bacteria, they really didn't like that experience. And they identified it, they flagged it for you in your automated, like your firewall, this is death, this is threat, do not let that happen. So anytime you think about it, they trigger anxiety for you. Mm -hmm. They're lying to you. And you just have to show them who's boss. You can reconfigure your internal firewall to only be triggered by things that are actually tigers. And you know damn well, you can go two months without food before you die. Why do you feel like you're gonna die if you don't have lunch? It's a great point. And I mean, this ties into everything that I'm always, so I don't know if you've ever looked at it this way, but to me, you are gamifying your energy by doing this. Absolutely. And I, it's, you, you, you're, you're tricking your brain into doing something that's good for you. Um, and it sounds like you've got this formula that you figured out. Clearly it's, you've, you've been doing this for a while now. So let me just review, cause I'm going to do this. Okay. And just for everybody listening, I'm, I'm doing it. Okay. So three steps. The first was, um, you don't, it doesn't have to just be water, black coffee, which by the way, why black coffee? Why not? Why can't you put a little bit of cream, a little bit of Splenda in it? If you put Splenda in, it messes up your gut bacteria. You can use Stevia if you want to. Got it. Splenda is bad for you. And so is NutraSweet. And it, those will actually trigger cravings, believe it or not. And if you put milk or cream in your coffee, the type of protein that's in there sticks to the antioxidants in the coffee and they don't work. And there's usually enough sugar or enough protein in milk that it's going to stop the metabolic effects of the fast. So putting milk in coffee is sadly a bad idea, even though it tastes good. Even cream doesn't work as well. But butter or clarified butter has less protein. And there's new science from the University of Washington that shows exactly why butter works differently than milk. It's because the butter fat, when it's separated out from the milk, changes the water chemistry of the coffee. And that was Are a 50,000. put butter in your coffee? Is this that's, what? Bullet, that's bulletproof coffee. You put a butter instead of cream, you put the MCT oil and you blend it up, tastes like a latte. And you just, it, it's pleasant. And a lot of people are like, this can't work. This is, this is stupid. But I will tell you, 
like hundreds of millions of times people have done this. And uh, Nick Foles, the, the, SV, uh, the Super Bowl um, yep. SVP, he mentions Bulletproof Coffee six times in his memoir. I didn't pay him to do that. He drank it before he went on the field. He made it for his teammates because it works. Um, and it's been on if Jimmy Fallon and Shailene Woodley were talking about it for a minute <laughs> on stage. I didn't pay for that. I didn't even know they were going to do it. I'm like, did that just happen? It's because people who have to show up. And if you're in pro sports, you're an entrepreneur or you're on TV or you're a singer, the amount of mental energy you have to have because full awareness of your body, full awareness of your lines, full focus in order to do that and fly around and be on weird calendars, it is energetically incredibly taxing. And so Bulletproof took off when I wrote this first blog post, even before I was making the Bulletproof coffee itself, just the, the recipe for it. First was entrepreneurs, because that's who I wrote for. Second was Wall Street, because those guys just want more energy no matter what, so they can stay up late and trade. The third one was Hollywood and pro sports and, uh, and musicians as well. And because these are the highest energy output people, you have to look a certain way, you have to think a certain way, you have to be a certain way, and you've got to be able to bring it on demand. My problem is I didn't have enough abilities to bring energy on demand when I needed it. And the whole reason I named the company Bulletproof, it's like the state of being Bulletproof is that I know I have enough energy to handle whatever life brings my way. And that as a side effect means I have enough energy to improve myself and to do work that matters. But this, this is why it works. I'm telling you, buttering coffee is not new. It was new to me. It came to me because I was on the side of Mount Kailash in Western Tibet. It's uh, the holiest mountain in the world. It's like the Mount Olympus of the East. And it's 18,000 feet elevation. There was no infrastructure and I'm feeling like crap and it's 20 degrees below zero. And a little Tibetan woman gave me a bowl of yak butter tea, which is butter blended into tea that they've been doing for thousands of years. And I drank it. I'm like, holy crap, my brain just turned on and I feel better than I have in a long time. What just happened? This is even possible. Like, why do, why do I feel like dancing at 18,000 feet? I've trained in mountaineering. You should feel like crap. So I uh, went back to Silicon Valley and started playing around with recipes to figure out why does this work? And it's taken a lot of time to figure out all the different reasons it works and to, to use coffee and MCT and things. But that blending fat into water, uh, we've known about it in our ancestry. In, in New York City once, I was telling a cab driver about this. And he goes, oh, we know about this from my people in Ethiopia. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, there's a thing we call kill coffee in Ethiopia. I said, what? He said, yeah, one of our tribes, they figured out they could put butter in their coffee and they would do it before they went into battle so that they would win. And then he went home and he brought me Ethiopian butter made by his grandmother and brought me a little piece of it to my hotel so I could try the best butter in the world. Okay, like wow. this goes through our history of people. It, we just lost it. And so I brought it back. You, br you, you brought sexy back. I think butter is sexy, I, I got to say. So, dude, okay. So let, let me just, so the, the butter part is key. So are you saying... You have a special formula. So if you buy it from you versus like if I were to just put a piece of butter in my black coffee, okay. it's not going to have the same, right? If you were to buy a crap coffee, which has mold in it that makes you a little bit jittery, and you were to put regular butter from industrially raised cows that's full of corn and soy, you would still get more benefits. And if you blended it, you get more benefits than if you put milk in your coffee. If you use the Bulletproof coffee, which is lab tested, I changed coffee fermentation infrastructure in Guatemala to make better beans that don't make you jittery and cranky. You were to use grass-fed butter instead of industrial butter, and you added the brain octane MCT oil, 
that will light you up in a major way. And I'll send you all that stuff if you want. I'm, I'm telling you, the first, the first morning you drink this, you're gonna be like, what, why have I not been doing this my whole life? And I'm not a master of marketing. I'll tell you guys, when you make something that really works, people will market it for you. They tell all their friends. Yeah. And if you make something that you spend money to convince them it works, like kale, but it doesn't actually work, then you can create a trend, but kale is on the way down because kale is gross and it doesn't make you feel better. So yeah, I'm I'm a step ahead of you. I'm on Amazon as you're talking. I'm I'm ordering I'm ordering my bulletproof coffee. Um, by the way, is this where you recommend I get it on Amazon, or should I get it straight? If you go to bulletproof.com and you, for another couple of days, the code fast ten will save you ten percent. And by the way, I am teaching thirty thousand people how to fast for free. I'm teaching the book right now. If you guys go to fastthisway.com, you can sign up for free. There's a big Facebook community. I'm doing live Q and A's on fasting. And you'll want to get the book, of course, but that code FAST10 is one that's for people in the challenge, but I'll share it with you guys. It's only good for a couple of days. That, the code is on bulletproof.com now. We also make a cold brew that's ready to go. It's got, um, it's got basically just put it in the fridge and open it up and drink it. That'll turn off hunger like no one's business. Ooh, and a cold brew. Is that on, uh, that's on the bulletproof.com as well? Yep, yep. And a cold brew. Uh, FAST10 was the code for people watching? Yep, all, I think it's all capital letters, F-A-S-T-10. Laura, uh, Laura Jean's in the, in the audience here and she says it's an awesome challenge. So I've been, uh, yeah, I've, yeah. I, I realized I've written, this is my fourth New York Times bestseller. I've never taught a book before. So I'm putting together like whole courses based on the books where like, you want to go deep with me? I spend thousands of hours writing a book and I have all this knowledge. If I can share it with a group of people who are really interested, like use the book as a study material, but like, let's go deep on it. I, I'm having a lot of fun doing that. It's fun, man. And that's when I started doing these, like same with you, I'm a writer and you know, I've been writing this book. So all the stuff I was talking about earlier, when I hit my rock bottom in college, I just started taking these notes and I'm, I've always been this crazy note taker, just writing. If you saw my notes, you would, you think I was a crazy person and you wouldn't be far off probably. Right. And so now it's like, my mission has been to like condense it all. And so it's like 25 year journey. I'm like culminating it all into this one book. And then, but then once I started, but then it's all you, it's you and it's the computer screen and it, it's very rewarding. Um, as you know, as a writer, you, you get in the oh, yeah. zone and, and you're doing, there's nothing like it at the same time when you're, when you're stuck, there's nothing as bad. So it's a, it's a cost rewards, I think. But, uh, the, the whole, when I started doing these interviews and talking to people and then like coaching people and helping, like it, it's neat, man, it, it totally changes the dynamic. Cause it's like, wait, Oh yeah, all that stuff's up there. And rather than just putting it on a page and assuming people are reading it or, well, for you, it's better than assuming national bestseller, uh, number five on Amazon. But you know what I mean? You get to see people's reactions. You get to oh, yeah. bounce off them and, play, and there, there's nothing better than that. So um, kudos to you for doing that. That's, that's oh, great. That, glad to hear that. Thanks. I'm, I'm seeing a bunch of questions on here. A lot of fasting questions. And guys, since this is an interview, um, I'm answering all of those questions on the fasting challenge in the community. So if, if you have a lot of questions, like how often should you do it all, either read Fast This Way or go to fastthisway.com, sign up for the fasting community in the challenge, and I'll teach all that stuff. Happy to do that. And there's one guy um, who is only types in all capital letters who says animal products result in the feminization of men. And there's a reason when you're a vegan like that, that you type in all capital letters. Um, and it's because you're angry all the time because you're starving. I was a raw vegan for quite a while and it fucks you up. So it's okay that you're typing in capital letters, have a steak and some butter, you'll calm right down and you can start healing like the tens of thousands of other former vegans who are healing on the Bulletproof diet. I'm sorry, what you're doing doesn't work and you can see it in your all caps.
So like, can I just comment that that was a masterclass in emotional intelligence, the way you just handled that? Thank you. Kudos, my man. That was, that was well done. Um, so just getting back before we wrap all this up, and I got one more question for you, but I want to make sure that I understand. I am going to buy the book, by the way, but I, I, like, to sk- I like to skip to the good, the good stuff. Um, I will read it all. But the one, two, three. Okay. So it's the, the coffee. So did you say number one is, is eating at, at 6 p.m. and then not eating again until 10? Was that number yeah. one? But if you want to do a fast easily and without pain, having dinner a little bit earlier has all kinds of health effects. You want to eat before it gets dark. And that gives you about four hours after dinner. So your stomach's empty when you go to bed, which is a good way to go to bed. And if you find that you just wake up and you're, you can't handle that, there's a couple of hacks in the book for that you can use. Um, right before bed, there's a few little things you can have that'll hold your energy up while you're sleeping, but you probably won't need that. But then what happens next is you end up with um, waking up and going, oh man, am I ravenous right now? And if you wake up ravenous, it's because what you ate for dinner didn't work. Well, for instance, if you have one of those vegan dinners full of plant toxins that makes you type in all capital letters, um, then you're going to wake up craving and angry. And if you find that you wake up super angry like that, um, or just super hungry, like this gnawing, like, oh, if I don't eat, it's not going to be okay. It's because you're choosing foods that are not compatible with your biology. So there's some more learning there, but let's assume you wake up and you have a normal level of hunger. And when you do that, then you say, okay, hey, body, can I wait a couple hours to eat? And if you do, you've actually done a fast. That's a 14-hour fast. But if you have dinner at 8 o'clock and you wake up and you start putting sugar in your coffee or you have breakfast and you do that at 7 a.m., you didn't ever have enough of a window for your body to do the magic that it does. Because one of the reasons you have more energy in the morning is that you take a certain amount of the electricity in your body and you use it to break down food in your stomach. But if in the morning there's no food in your stomach, you have more electricity and you can use it to break down old tissues in the body and to make your cells stronger. So I recommend people start, if you've never fasted and you're, you're one of those people has to eat all the time like I did, you can just fast three days a week for 14 hours. <laughs> That's really easy to do, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And there's a new study out of Australia that supports that. And pretty soon you'll say, oh, I can do 16. Or you use the fasting hacks I just talked about. You go, oh, wait, I can easily do 16 hours. And all of a sudden, you look at yourself, but I didn't even think about food. Like, how is this even possible? But when you do that, all the thoughts about food are now thoughts about creation and thoughts about stuff that matters, right? And that's what's cool. It's very cool. And I can't wait to, as I said, I started using myself as a human science experiment way back then in college. I'm always testing, is this a universal principle? So I'm dying to see um, if this is something, like you said, you know, the Ethiopians, have we already figured this out and we just, it just didn't catch on. And now it's like, okay, you're putting it all into a nice package that people can understand. And, and there's an equation and it's more than just, you know, some Ethiopians in a village, you know, putting it in their coffee and telling people and people go, oh, yeah, sure. Right. But it's like, okay, is this a real thing? And then does it work? And so I'm, Clearly, you, you've done pretty well, and, and a lot of people I see all their comments on here are doing it. So clearly, there's there's something there. Um, I love the idea. I want to do it. I'm going to do it before I forget. So the third one, so it's uh, eat dinner earlier. Second is the coffee. Second is the bulletproof coffee. coffee and prebiotics are the third ones. Prebiotics are basically, it's a soluble fiber. I, I make one for bulletproof called Interfuel, and your code, that FAST10 code will work if you want to try it. But this is these are basically plant saps and things that your body can't eat, but your gut bacteria love. So they make you grow healthier gut bacteria, but they also turn off hunger and they make you live longer by themselves. 
So now you're like, wait, I got the soluble fiber that my body wanted. I fed my good gut bacteria. My body thinks I'm still fasting, but I'm not hungry. My metabolism got stronger over time and I had more energy this morning. Like I'm good to go. And it's like, it's awesome. You spent less time, less money, uh, less energy on breakfast. You had more focus all morning long, like focus you can't even believe. And then you get to lunch and say, okay, I can have lunch and dinner. And you don't feel like you missed out on anything. There's no hunger. There's no lack. And then maybe the weekend comes and you want to do a spiritual fast and you want to go deeper. I'm actually teaching people on the fasting challenge, okay? The final thing in the book is actually the hardest fast you can do. And you can fast from alcohol. You can fast from all sorts of things, fast from porn. But it's fasting from hate. If you go into four hours, just to say, I'm not going to think a bad thing about myself, about another person, or about another thing. And that is a damned hard fast to do. But you can fast from anything. Fasting is just teaching yourself to feel safe going without something you think you need that you don't actually need. Well said. And then it's, it all ties back to that energy. Why are we doing this? It's, it's for that energy. And it uh, goes back to those three Fs and tricking your brain into you know, gamifying, as I said, the process. I love that of kind of tricking your brain into sort of saying, hey, we don't need to spend our energy here. Let's free that up and now we can go spend it on the stuff that matters, on being authentic and coming up with original stuff versus, as you put it earlier, you know, these these copycats and duplicators. So thank you, Dave, for being one of those that has used your energy wisely and has created something that's unique and different and is helping clearly tons and tons and tons of people around the world. And hopefully I'll be one of them soon. Uh, we are going to get you upgraded and you're going to look back a year from now and be like, I can't believe I was afraid of fasting because it's easy. And that was why I wrote this book because fasting isn't easy. If you just say, I'm going to have water tomorrow morning, you're not going to do it. But if you do it the right way, you can easily do water in three months because your body's like, Oh, I live in a world where sometimes I don't have food in my stomach. Great. I'll upgrade my energy. That's what this is about. It's, it's so liberating. I've been doing this for 10 years. Um, Myrna Stanley just commented, she's been doing it for six years. So intermittent fasting has been around for a little while. It's just now becoming a thing. And there's a bunch of books coming out about it and it's entering our public consciousness. But the the Bulletproof Insiders have been doing it for a decade. And the difference in, in women and men, there's slightly different ways you fast, but the difference in how you feel and how you show up in the world is very, very noticeable. So we can we can declare breakfast to be optional. Well, I mean, Nick Foles, you know, right. I love that he, he, he mentioned that. And, and like you said, when you do, when you figure out something original and good and you're that trailblazer, um, again, I guess you didn't, you didn't create this, but the, but you're, you're, you're adding you, your legacy could be, you know, that you're, you're helping to take all of the different ideas or, or ways people are doing it and kind of solidify it and put it into a nice, like I said, pretty package for lack of a better term, uh, and a digestible practice, yeah, package there you that go. people can understand more easily. And, and, and like somebody like me, right. Cause this is something that it just, it always just seems so far off. It, it is right, like, ah, so right in front of you. And it's, uh, it is not a big reach. The first day you do this, it, you'll feel it. And it, it's not a big challenge you can do the spiritual stuff. You can do a longer fast at some point later if you ever want to. You don't have to. And a bunch of people are asking here, where do you get coffee without mold? Bulletproof invented mold-free coffee, and we have the most extensive testing on the market. There's a few other people um, who are trying to make mold-free coffee, but they don't know how to test. <laughs> um, 
So, and just go real quick back to the, the prebiotic fiber. You can buy that on your site as well. It's called inner fuel. Yeah. Inner fuel. Okay. Cause I'm, so, so for me to get started, you're recommending what? That you know, I, the, you know, get the coffee the beans, the brain octane oil and the inner fuel. And of course you want to get the book fast this way and just get that on Amazon or wherever you like to buy books. And by the way, guys, if you're going to buy a book, and you have a local bookstore that you can support during the pandemic, please support your local bookstore. We need local businesses. They're important. Agreed. And Angelica, the mentalist roast is my favorite compared to the original bulletproof roast, but different people like different strengths of, of their coffee roast. Just coffee beans, inner, inner fuel and sorry, brain octane. Brain, brain octane is the MCT oil. Oh, that's MCT oil. Brain octane. I, I like the sound of that. I want me some brain octane. Sounds yeah. pretty good. Um, and then, okay. So, and then people can find you, uh, you know, you have a couple of different bulletproof.com to, to order yep. fastestway.com for, for this course and just sign up for the free course. Yeah. Yep. And okay. So last question, Dave, and thank you. This has been awesome. Um, I've learned a lot. I love when I learn a ton on, on these doesn't always happen. So I appreciate you dropping some wisdom. Uh, the number one habit that you would say, maybe it started as a failure habit. It's now you've converted it, replaced it with a success habit, but that has taken you from that pre 23 year old before you're in entrepreneur magazine, trying to figure things out, not happy to now here you are um, creating happiness, joy, leaving a legacy, helping other people in the world. What would you say the number one habit that you've developed has allowed you to do that? Number one habit is the most important one that I know of, and it's forgiveness. If you learn to stop carrying grudges, you stop wasting energy on stuff that doesn't do anything except just, it's just drain. There's no upside to it. So when you learn how to forgive people, it doesn't mean you tell them that you forgive them. It just means that you learn to drop that charge. Uh, <laughs> That's an interesting twist. Yeah. That frees up so much of your capacity to show up in the world. So if you don't have a practice of forgiveness, and it's hard to learn how to do it. Um, then it's, it's very hard to get to the next level. And I, I run a neuroscience company. We've had more than a thousand entrepreneurs come through a five day intense neurofeedback program where we teach them how to do forgiveness with a lie detector on their head. So you can't wiggle out of it. You just say, yeah, I forgive that guy. He's still an asshole. You didn't do it. Right. I like it. I like, I like your approach to things, right? It's like, come on, let, if we're going to do it, let's do it, baby. Let's, let's get the real deal. So, you know, and that, the forgiveness, it does, first of all, it surprised me that you said that. Um, I was going to think, I was like, the obvious answer would be, you know, the habit of, of this, this fasting lifestyle, but too obvious, but forgiveness is another one that ties into, like we were saying earlier, there's that, that lower self, that, that caveman in us that doesn't want to fast and doesn't want to same, same guy doesn't want to yeah. forgive. Right. Cause it's like, yeah. no, 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 no. This is I, I, like, and what you do is you create this self-defeating energy Mm -hmm. And you, you, you think it, that it's gratifying and it's like that short term kind of low hanging fruit gratification to hate people and to talk about them and to just see, but really you're just, you're just hurting yourself. And I kind of like your twist of, you don't need to necessarily tell the person. Cause it's like, you know, you always hear like, Oh, you know, I forgive you. And it's like, okay, well that's great. But like, just, it's about you. Like if they, if they yeah. wronged you in some way, you don't need to make them feel better about it, but don't let it destroy you. That's the key. It is one of the hardest things to develop because it always feels personal. But yeah, 
if, if you can do that, you turn off fear because that whole holding a grudge thing is ultimately your body saying that person might hurt me again. And you're like, I'm just going to drop that. I'm just not going to worry about that. And then all that energy goes back to you. So if you figure, you know, fasting turns off hunger and forgiveness turns off fear, those are the two biggest energy drains on your life. And then turn up the amount of energy that you have by eating the right stuff and learning how to fast and all that. And all of a sudden, like there's like two times more available energy to do stuff, including make yourself happy. But if you're just spending your energy unconsciously on thinking about tacos and thinking about, you know, little Susie who was mean to you in sixth grade, You'd be amazed how many entrepreneurs running $100 million companies are still thinking about a little Susie in sixth grade and they're running their companies to try and prove that they're good enough. You can drop that and still be successful. Well, I'll tell you the, the, the double-edged sword on that. It's interesting you said it in that way. I actually had an interview earlier where um, I was telling somebody how the, 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 the typical revenge story, I had that early on when I sort of decided, okay, I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm going to change that college experience. I read that book and I was like, okay, it's on. And one of the first thoughts I had was, Ooh, I'm going to become so filthy, stinking rich and make all those people that were mean to me be like, oh man, what was I thinking? Right. And I'll be honest, I don't regret feeling that way because I think it, it actually helped to, to really spur me and, and to motivate me. Right. Um, however, there's also, like, like you said, there's that, that side of God, how many, how much time did I waste, you know, feeling, hating these people or feeling, you know, getting upset and, and wasting time. So it's an interesting dichotomy there. How, anger would, you, how would you answer that? Anger is a great spark to light a fire, but if you actually use the anger as your fuel, it's going to burn you. Mm. So you can get well, started okay. that way, but what you want to do, and it took me a long time to do this in my career too you realize you can move towards something that matters and that gives you energy running away from something. Cause you're trying to prove something that costs you energy. So if you allow pull to move your business forward, it's a lot easier than pushing. Dude. Okay. I just read that down. Anger, by the way, when you see me do that, I'm typing again, I told you I'm a rid ridiculous note taker. always have been. So I mean, I've got a whole novel already on our nice. conversation. Um, I'm writing a book, as I said, so I'll, I'll reach out to you. I'm definitely going to put little bits of Sweet. this in there because I get some, some really nuggets of wisdom here. But what I just wrote down was, and I love, love, love this. Anger is a great spark to light your fire, but don't use it for fuel. I mean, that's well said. Did you come, did you just come up with that? Uh, or on the fly. I came with that on the fly. Dude. Yeah. Okay. So now I can quote you. Yep. Right, I can say. Pretty sure that was me. Dave, Dave. I will tell you though. <laughs> There are a great number of things like that, that in any personal development or spiritual tradition have been repeated around the world for thousands of years. So if that's similar to something out there, <laughs> well, this came out of my mind, but I guarantee Look, you some sage somewhere said something similar. I love that you said that because it, it ties into what I always tell people. Remember earlier, we were talking about these universal principles. You hear them from so many different people in so many different ways. And that's why like my mission is like, I like to figure out what's the root. Like what's, what's, the, what's the guy behind the guy behind the guy? What is the original, like where, what does this stem from versus like, okay, this is, yeah, you know, and, and that's a perfect example in the way you just said that, um, which is, you know what, that probably came from something that was something else that was something. And maybe you've heard exactly that. Maybe you've heard something similar, but that there, my friends, is the definition of a universal principle. Anger is a great spark to light your fire, but don't use it for fuel. Because it's like, okay, yeah, let it motivate you. But if that's what you're trying to run on and that's what your focus is, you're never going to be able to get to the finish line. 
order to get to that next step. So well said. And uh, Laura just mentioned in the comments. I interviewed uh, with Sam Karashi about this episode seven eighty six of Bulletproof Radio. You should listen to that episode. It'll probably have some more similar stuff. We had a good conversation about anger and fear and motivation. What was it called? Uh, episode seven eighty six of Bulletproof Radio. So. If you guys yeah. listening have never checked out Bulletproof Radio, top 100 iTunes podcast for five years running, 200 million downloads, and a lot of great sages and wise people and Nobel Prize winners and the people I learned from in conversations just like this. So it's well, fun to listen that, to. That just went on my goals list is to get on to your, I'm not going to put you in a position and say, hey, can I be on? Because it doesn't sound like I'm there yet in terms of, of, of the crowd that you're, you're rolling with, but uh, I will be. Keep working it. I love that attitude. Uh, drink some Bulletproof coffee. You'll get there faster. <laughs> <laughs> well done. And we'll leave it on that. Thank you, Dave, right. so much. Uh, great chatting with you. Thanks. Thanks for your wisdom. Take care. You got it. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Bye. Okay. That's it for today's episode of the Five Core Live podcast. If you have not already, please follow and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And of course, if you got a ton of value and you think someone else in your network might as well, share the podcast so others can enjoy. That's it. Now it's time for you to go fire on all cylinders. See you next time. Get moving. Build momentum. Join the movement. Go to moremomentum.com to take a free life evaluator quiz on where you currently stand in each of your five cores.